You are listening to the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. For more resources, visit us at lifepoint.cc. This morning, what a weekend we have had. Amen. Friday night, it sounded like the ladies had a rowdy night here, and uh, so this place was packed with expectant hearts. And Saturday morning, the men came hungry and received so much practic- practical, just he was just throwing up, spitting out, spitting out truth, practical truth. Dr. Ted was. It was awesome. Not too often you get to hear from a medical physician and his perspective of being a market, marketplace influence, expression of the kingdom is so, so beautiful Saturday morning. And today is just going to be a packed day of um, revelation and teaching for, for us all. Amen. So I hope you came expectant this morning. Amen. You know, I, I thank the Lord every single day for what he's doing in our midst. People encountering Jesus people receiving healing, people being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I thank the Lord for that. Um, and I'm continuing to contend for more. The Acts standard is daily those being added to their numbers, those that are being saved. You know, I, I believe we're at like a stage right now, it's like weekly, and I'm just contending for more, contending that God continue to move in our midst. And so I, I get so honored and excited to, to bring in friends and voices that, that I think highly of, that I regard highly as influential um, voices, anointed voices, and, and this morning, this weekend, is that. So excited for you, for you to hear from Pastor Jaina. I have been watching um, Pastor Jaina and Dr. Ted for the last 20 years contend for revival, steward revival, um, host Jesus so well, and it's just been amazing to watch them. Lately, more from afar, just God uh, poured His Spirit in their midst, and they, they planted Burning Hearts Church just a few years ago, and it's just been amazing to see such a beautiful expression of the kingdom there in my hometown of Fargo. You know, going way back, like Pastor Jane and I go way back. She actually taught me how to worship when I was just a wee little lad. Um, she taught this group called Kids Praise. And I was, you know, seven, eight, nine years of age, and she was teaching us how to worship. And so you're, you're getting like the full circle story this morning as, as you receive from Pastor Jaina. The, the passage that came to my mind, though, I don't want to take any more of her time, uh, Matthew chapter 10, as Jesus is sending out the disciples, he says, those that receive you, they receive me, they receive Jesus. Those that receive a prophet, receive a prophet's reward. So there is, I thank the Lord for what he's doing in our midst, but there is something profound that happens when we receive these outside voices. We actually get to like just feed off of the reward that they've contended for, the, the breakthroughs that they've seen. We get to, like, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of, it feels cheap. It feels like we're cheating, like we're, we're cutting corners, but that's just the way of the kingdom. We get to receive the reward that they've contended for and seen the breakthrough for. So would you all stand to your feet and give a huge LifePoint welcome to Pastor Jane as she comes. Thank you. Thanks, church. Am I good here? Am I doing it all right? Okay. This is the mic thing is always unique for ladies versus the guys. <laughs> so they make these for men, I think, <laughs> not women. Um, it is so good to be here. I am so honored. Um, I have known them since they were children, like little, little. And yes, I'm that old. So <laughs> it's good. As he was saying that, I'm like, man, I'm old. <laughs> but I wanted to show you my family. Last time I didn't show you. Here's the family. We had a wedding this summer. Um, Fourth of July, our daughter Annika got married. 
to Justin. They live in Reading. We have a son, Isaac, who's still in college in, at NDSU, the competition, and Ander. He is graduated and lives in Austin, Texas. And um, we just feel so blessed to be here. It's like these generational things, watching these families growing in the love of God. And it's so good to be here and um, be at a church that, I say this about my church too. Now, this is a huge compliment I just want you to say. is like, we're here because we gather around Jesus and his presence. And that's why we're here. And you know how I can tell you are all in is you don't have a warm-up song. You guys are like all in worship from the start. And I am here to just worship the King. And I just, it's such a privilege to be able to worship with you. And it's just like family. It's like, oh, they they worship like we do. They just jump in and just spend time in his presence. So thank you for being that church. Um, So I'm going to continue on today. Uh, I'm really laying a foundation for tonight, a lot of this. But I noticed on your life point thing, it says, live the message. And that's honestly what my sermon is about today, is us living the message. We just celebrated the resurrection of Jesus, and we saw, um, you probably shared the story on Sunday. I heard you heard testimonies. That's all about the resurrection. He came for us to have life and have it abundantly, that we would know him and that we would make others known of him, like that we would be that disciple that tells others about Jesus and um, shine that light in our city. So as I was preparing this um, for us, I know we teach a lot on healing. And last time I talked about the atonement on Sunday, and I felt really led to start here where it is our mandate and our call from God to do this. And so I was really, I've been studying this a lot in the Greek lately. So I'm going to just give you some tidbits that I've learned in Matthew 28. And I want us to um, think about it now as we're studying the word, this is Jesus' mandate for us. He just rose from the dead and he's given his, you know, last statements to the believers. Like, this is it. And I'm going to go on sit, be seated at the right hand of the Father. And soon he's going to that place in the, where we're going to land in the word. And what is he doing now? He's at the right hand of the Father doing what? He's ever interceding for us. If you're having a bad day and think, oh God, are you even around? Just meditate on that for a minute. He's interceding for you. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father and he's ever interceding for us. That's his place right now. So I want us to land in Matthew 28 towards the end there. And um, he says, all authority in heaven on earth, these are red letters, this is Jesus speaking, has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. He's saying, all right, guys, go. In the, in the chapter, at the beginning of the chapter, it's he has risen from the dead. The angel's there. The women come and see the empty tomb. And he says, he is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then what? Then go and tell. So the theme on a lot in Matthew 28 is come and see, go and tell. So if you don't know him, come and see. But as soon as you know him, what are we supposed to do? go and tell. So it's pretty simple, right? It's childlike. If we just really look at the words and land in what Jesus is speaking, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. When I was studying this, I was looking at the verbs and I just thought, God, I just need to understand in a greater measure. And uh, the word go obviously is a verb, but it's not described how we would think of it because a lot of times we use this for missions. It's definitely a mission statement. 
But when you look at it in the Greek, it's as you go on your way. So if he's called you to Mozambique, as you go on your way, go make disciples. But as you go on your way to your job, as you go on your way to your family, as you go on your way to the store, go and make disciples. But the interesting thing when I was studying it is disciples is the verb. Greek has like the, how how would you say it? The higher verb and then the lesser verb. Disciple is the higher verb. It's disciple eyes. It's like that you are constantly discipling. You're discipleizing everyone as you go on your way. You're living a life of discipleship. And I know this is the heart of this church. So I am like preaching to the choir. Pastor Drew and Pastor Tony have already taught you these things. But it's laying a foundation for what is happening next that I want to talk about. Because Ted and I will share a lot of stories of miracles. And you have, Pastor Drew is sharing all these testimonies. It is so much fun to hear the goodness of God. We just like, you guys, we heard the story of the fatty liver disease, and I'm like, their breakthrough is our breakthrough. Next time I see that, you know what? It is going to be such a small thing to pray for, because in God, all things are possible. And you saw a breakthrough that we're going to now contend for in our ministry, the breakthrough of anyone that comes up with liver disease. I'm going to be like, do it again, God. When he said that this morning and he's talking about in Matthew, like our ceiling is your floor. As we share testimonies, you take them and say, you know what? If you can do that for Fargo, North Dakota, you can do it right here in Ames, Iowa. It's what, who he is. It's who our father is. He sent this son and he rose again and now he's commissioning us to go on your way and make disciples. Go and disciplize. Tell him of Jesus. You know, in Matthew 10, 8, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, drive out demons, freely receive, freely give. It's kind of his model. Come and see, go and tell, right? Mark 6, call, he calls the 12 to him, and then he sends them out two by two, and he gave them authority over all evil spirits. They went out and preached and the people that they should repent, and then he drove out demons and anointed many sick with oil, and they were healed. Wherever we go, this is what we're called to do. Go raise the dead, cleanse the leper, heal the sick. That's what he asked us to do. We're called to be disciples. So I want us to turn to Acts. These are some of the last days, you know, Jesus had on earth before he's sitting on the throne, the right hand of the Father, ever interceding. In Acts 1.5, it says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for my gift, my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I know this church believes in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So in this day, that they, they have no idea. I was meditating on this early this morning. I thought, okay, this is the day the church was planted, right? It was planted. And we're going to read in here, 120 of 120 were filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody. They all were filled, right? And then they went out in power and saw the church multiply by the thousands. They saw healing. Signs and wonders just followed them where they went. It's just the kind of the norm. They raised the standard for what church should look like. And I think finally in 2020, 2021, we're awakening to what we're called to be, right? We know who we are and what we're called to do as a body of Christ. So he's saying, I have this promise. I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And they're probably sitting there, I have no idea what this means. Okay, there's water baptism. He told us to wait here. And I thought, can you imagine what they were thinking? Like, okay, he came, he rose again, he's seated, and he's like, what is he going to do next? Like, if he can raise, you know, if he can be raised from the dead, what's going to happen today? Like, I thought, I bet, can you imagine their anticipation and how, what was their conversations they had? Like, what's going to happen? 
you know, there was an empty tomb. Like, what's going to happen? And so they're sitting there and they're waiting. And it says in verse seven, it was not far for you, um, it was not for you to know the times or the dates that Father has sent by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And you will be my witnesses. When power hits you, what's our job? Go be his witness, go and tell. We're back to simplicity. I could have done children's church today. Come and see, go and tell. You know, they're coming and seeing him. And once they see him, now it's time to go and tell. To the ends of the earth. So let's think about it. From Ames, out of the region, to the ends of the earth. But what happens? So we're going to go to Acts 2 now. And the power of God is going to hit him. That violent wind comes rushing in. And all of heaven's in this place, filling them with the Holy Spirit. And I felt that today as we're sitting here worshiping. I'm like, oh my word, you're doing it again. I just feel like I'm baptized afresh. The presence of God is so strong here. Your people are here hungry. 120 out of 120 of us are going to get filled with your spirit. We're going to go to Judea. We're going to go to Samaria. We're going to go to the ends of the earth and tell about him. As I'm sitting here, I'm like, it's happening again. It's who you are. It's who he is. They, they saw what seemed like tongues of fire separate and came and rested on each of them. And all were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began speaking in tongues. Now, what was happening in the city? Many cities had gathered there for the festival, right? For this holiday. So I was thinking about it and I'm thinking about Ames and how many people are gathered at that university that I woke up and I was praying and I could see University of Iowa right out my window and I was just praying and I could see beef. I was like, what, you're making me hungry. No, it's like, it's looked like North Dakota, NDSU a little bit. I was like, yeah, the university. And then there's this big beef sign. It must be the beef science area. And so I was just like praying and I was like, God, you show up and you gather even nations at your university right? He's gathered how many students? It's more than NDC. Is it 30,000, 40,000? 30,000 just sitting there waiting for someone who is full of Holy Spirit, who gets this message of go and tell. He's just waiting. The city is so ripe for the harvest. The laborers are sitting right here. And I know you already understand this message. I feel like I'm just saying, okay, I'm adding fuel to the fire. You guys already are doing this, but I just want you to know I'm encouraging you. Keep going. Keep telling. So this is what happens. And I thought, I want to look up what, what countries these are today. Like, what are the modern countries? When you look at Mesopotamia and Judea and all of those, it's Iran, Iraq, Israel, Turkey, Egypt, Asia Minor, Asia, Asia proper, um, Libya, Greece were all present in their city. What are they doing? They're speaking my language. I don't understand. Are they drunk? What's going on? Thousands were added to the church because they just said, yes, I'm going to go and tell. I'll wait here. I'm going to come and see him. I'm going to wait. And then 120 of 120 are filled and they go and tell. It just spills out wherever we go. He is a good God, and he has incredible plans for Ames, Iowa. And I am so excited from last year to this year. I mean, my expectancy in my city and in your city has increased tremendously. I'm like, break any box that we might have of you, God. That would just blow our mind because you are exceedingly abundantly more than I could ever ask or think. So they're filled with the Spirit. 
and you know, the gifts are given to them. And this is me kind of laying the foundation for tonight. They got the gifts of revelation, wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. They got the power gifts, miracles, healing, and faith. And then they got those inspirational encouragement gifts. People call them different things. But tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. And they were filled, and God says, ask for them all. So I do that. I want them all, God. I want to walk in them all. I need help. <laughs> I just need help. I need your, I need your revelation. So of course, Ted and I love, because um, we're around sick people. He's around sick people. I was a chaplain. We're around a lot of sick people. So healing is kind of our area that we've studied a lot and prayed a lot and seen a lot not healed, but it seemed a lot healed, you know? And it's okay. Just keep contending. Don't ever quit because he's a good God and he hasn't changed. He has not changed. And so don't let your theology change. If you don't see the answer you want, he still hasn't changed. He's still a good God who has incredible plans. So we're looking at the Acts church today and just us being that go and tell. In Acts 5, you know, Peter was filled with the Spirit and heals that crippled man. And by that one healing, 5,000 were added. Can you imagine what happens? So again, I'm pondering this. I think about this one a lot in Fargo and I pray for it because, you know, the only time I have more than 5,000 people in my city is at a bison game. <laughs> it's like, right? <laughs> Fargo has no other venue that would probably do that. <laughs> and it's just a bison game. So here is your at, is it Trice Stadium? Jack Trice. Yeah. Jack Trice. There you go. I saw that too. So I was like, um, at that stadium, imagine this. If someone gets injured, they're playing the bison and someone gets hurt. And one of the believers on the team just goes over and prays and the guy is instantly healed. What happens in that stadium? I think about this in Fargo. What happens in that stadium? Thousands could be added that day. That could be the place where thousands were added that day. You know, this isn't just for their day. This is for our day. Let's pull it in. What does this look like in Ames? What does this look like in Fargo? For us to live, just totally go and tell. Wherever we go, it's so simple. As we go on our way, it's not complex. We just live for him, and he shows up. So some of the things we're going to talk about tonight are healing, and I just want to go into it a little bit. I'm just going to lay some ways that Jesus healed in the scriptures, just some models for us to look at. And so there was a, he always had this immediate healing that took place a lot of times. In Matthew 8, 3, then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Immediately. Can you imagine? I have never seen a leper live. I don't even know what that looks like. I've seen pictures. I've heard stories. But I know, like, even appendages would have to grow, huh? Fingers. The smell would have to go. I mean, all of it would have to become into alignment. The other day, I was um, doing a conference on, on Zoom this spring, which is kind of fun. You can do conferences around the world on Zoom. What a world we live in. And they asked, like, Jana, do you have any words of knowledge? And I just kind of released a few. But in that moment, I had this word of knowledge, and I thought, this is weird. We're on a Zoom call. But I thought, i got to be obedient, Jesus. I said, I see, like, this chiropractor, like, your hip is adjusting and aligning. And then I see your leg, grow, your right leg growing out. And I said, I don't know, that's for someone. There were other words of knowledge. And I thought, okay, this is wild. You know, I can't believe I'm doing this on Zoom, right? Don't you think we have to like lay hands and just like, we're going to believe this is going to grow. And I just said, just lay your hand on your leg. And I think God's just going to grow it. I mean, you guys, I am so childlike. It takes risk, but be childlike, right? That's what he showed me. That's what I gave him, right? 
And instantly people were texting in, my leg grew, my leg grew. And I was like, oh my word, immediately. He just does things. He surprises me. He is such an amazing God, those immediate healings that he does. You know, um, I desire to see more of that. Sometimes it's more of a contending thing. It's not always the case that it's immediate. Sometimes it's this gradual healing. In John 4:52, he talks about that. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left me. You know, it's very common for us to see people not healed instantly. I know Randy Clark, he talks to about the third day, third day healing. Like what happens on the third day, just keep contending because something's gonna happen. And we see that on a regular basis. And I was thinking about this and I was thinking of one that actually did happen on the third day. There's a businessman in our city who owns one of the largest businesses in our city and he had a massive stroke, massive. He was in ICU, couldn't speak. I don't remember which side it was. It was totally gone. And we were praying for him and contending for him. Had someone in the room praying with him as well. And by the day three, he went from ICU fully restored, speaking, healed, everything, 100% restored on day three. And the nurses, yeah, it's so good. He's so good. The nurses in the ICU said, I have never they were like, I have never seen someone with a stroke, a massive stroke, go from ICU to home. They always have to go through all the step-down care, right? They go in the hospital, then they go to rehab, and they go to more rehab and another lower rehab care, you know? And they said, we've never seen that. They were so undone by God's goodness. You know, and we're still in the process with our son. I talked about him last year, where he's still in that process of being healed. This last year was the best year for his healing. We saw leaps and bounds in his healing process. God is restoring his body. But there was another one that just recently, it's okay, I tell testimonies. (laughs) Yeah, okay, I'm like, I gotta watch time. I get going on this and then I derail. Okay, Um, you know, it was, this was just really recent that happened in our church. This little girl came up um, for prayer, and they're new to our church, so I didn't know this family. They had a large family, lots of just beautiful kids, and just this neat family who just loves Jesus. They travel about an hour and a half to go to our church, and I didn't know much about them, but um, there was a word of knowledge about, this is why we just believe in the gifts, you guys. It was a word of knowledge, and the guy came up real sheepishly, and he was a discipleship school student. We have a discipleship school, and he came up. He's like, you know, I think this is the word I have. I see a snake wrapped around someone's leg. And I was like, okay, well, let's just give it and see what God does. And this family comes up and their little girl, they'd been contending, she had a stroke when she was a baby and her leg has never worked. And then her right hand and arm, her wrist hadn't worked. And they wanted to go to Africa to be missionaries. So they were contending for her healing. And this was a gradual, immediate healing. Like, let's just say it was gradual in the sense these parents had been contending since birth. And this child was like, you know, this tall, I don't even know how old she is. She's their second to youngest. Maybe she's five, six. And um, in that moment, as they prayed, guess what God did? The hand went out. The leg just straightened up and she started running around the church, totally healed. We're just like, yay, God. He is so good. It's once again, okay, sheepishly comes up. I have this word of knowledge, I think. I mean, I didn't even know this, was, this child was contending for this. Guess what? We get to pray over them and 
in August, and they're going to Angola to be full-time missionaries in the bush bush. They're going to, you can pray for them. They're going to the bush bush with their kids um, to meet their ministry there, and they're doing the children's work. So they're the children's workers of this in the bush bush. (laughs) They're really in the, yeah. Anyway, look what God does. And to me, that was this gradual healing these parents had contended for years. This wasn't just us like having a word of knowledge and Jesus showed up. Jesus was already in the process of healing them and preparing them. And they've been contending to be missionaries. All right. And another one is he's healed with the spoken word. In Matthew 8, 8, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. (laughs) And guess what happened? The servant was healed. Many are healed like this. Um, When I was, I guess I didn't share the week of healing. This is kind of what launched us way back, 15, 16 years ago with us, like, wow, God, you heal. This just didn't, like, from birth wasn't who Ted and I were. He, his father had seen many healings. I had seen healings with my parents. But it wasn't like I thought that's how he did it every day, right? When I was a missionary, um, I was in Russia when the curtain first came down and living there and so many were getting saved. By the hundreds, they'd come up for salvation. And I think I shared this last time, but the old grandmas, I'd pray with these babas and they'd be all shriveled up and you'd start praying salvation with them and all of a sudden their bodies would go crack, 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 crack and they'd straighten up. And I was like, I don't have a grid for this. I mean, I just sat there and went, wow, they got saved and they just cracked up. (laughs) Literally cracked up. (laughs) Um, I honestly didn't have a grid for it, but I came back to America so hungry going, if you can do it there, you can do it here. Like, that's, you're the same God. You're not a respecter of persons. It was who we, Ted and I met, got married right after that, and started just contending for miracles. He had lived in India and Guatemala and different places, and we were just seeing God move in mighty, in mighty ways, and we knew he could do it in America. And so we had this um, meeting we went to back in the day, and some of you know Bill Johnson and Randy Clark and Heidi Baker. I don't know, they're just people who have now big ministries. Back then, then they were just like little. (laughs) And um, we went there to this meeting, and all of a sudden, you know, the room, just people were just getting healed all over. There were 800 knees healed that night. I didn't even know there were that many knees that could be injured. And it was like, okay. And it was from a woman came up to get prayer and she'd been saved one day. She was in teen challenge. She comes up for prayer and she gets healed. And Papa Randy just goes, you need to pray for everyone. And so she just prayed one after the other, healed, healed. It was so awesome. We had our kids standing on the chairs. I remember, do you remember this? Standing on the chairs and we're like, this is that. This is what we've been praying for all these years. And they were just little. We're like, this is that. God's doing it in America. There happened to be another physician there. And we went, fast forward, met her um, in the mall. Our kids are singing in the mall and um, at Christmas. Do they do that here? They're singing in the mall in their black and white park Christian little uniform, singing in the mall, <laughs> right? And um, Karen, this, she's a neurologist, and she kept getting paged. And she was telling me the testimonies. I didn't see that she wasn't at the meeting, and she had this patient that got healed, and she's just undone. She's like, Jesus heals today. And so I was telling her, like, what was taking place and what happened. And you know when you talk about him and his testimonies, what happens? His presence just 
comes in the room. We're in the mall and the presence is just there and she kept getting paged and I'm like, I'm sure in neurology they can wait, right? Like it's not general surgery or trauma surgery or, and she's like, I can't, I gotta go. She said, but this is injustice for everything you said. This 23 year old just came in and went in the MRI cause she had a migraine and she had a brain bleed and died in the MRI. And so they knew she was dead. They took her to the room and they do a death certificate for her. And then they organize where the organs, she was a transplant, so where the organs are gonna go. And then Karen comes in and does the final death certificate and they do transplant. That's just how they do it in the hospital. There's a very lame, the lay version of it. <laughs> um, so Karen was coming in for that final death certificate and she comes in, everyone on the floor is screaming. And she's like, what happened? 25 minutes earlier, we're in the mall and she's telling me this, I have to go in and do this. And I said, I don't understand. All I know is he's resurrection life. That's just who he is. That's just who he is. And if he can do it for Heidi Baker, he can do it for us. And I, didn't, I said, I don't know anything else other than his resurrection life. And so she went there and they're screaming and they're like, what happened? Your dead girl's alive. <laughs> and so instantly, 25 minutes earlier, she popped up and like, take out the intubation, which you know, any nurses, doctors here, this just doesn't happen, especially when you saw it in the MRI. And she was fully healed and fully restored. So good. He's so good. But it was a spoken word. We weren't in the room. No one is in the room. We were just in the mall telling how good he is. That week, a blind man who'd been blind for eight years wanted prayer. And we're like, Karen and I were like, well, if he raises a dead, he probably fixes the blind too today. I mean, we were just like, we didn't know. And so he was coming to her house for prayer and he, his ride didn't make it. And so he didn't make it. And then so I said, well, you know, we weren't in the room for that girl. Maybe we just pray. I mean, we were so, we didn't know what we were doing. I still don't know what I'm doing. So we prayed and we just prayed. And guess what happened? The next morning he wakes up, he turns on the news and he can see it. He calls us, I can see. <laughs> it was, that week was crazy. A gal who had ALS, her ALS started to reverse and she hadn't walked in three years, started to walk. And Karen to this day is looking for the cure for ALS and this is this close, seeing a number of ALS patients cured. And um, her brother also died of ALS. Tension of it, right? The tension of the kingdom. But um, he's a good God and sometimes you're not even in the word, in the, in the room when it happens, but that spoken word. So when people say, you know, I have this friend and they're unloading on you at work hey, let's just pray for that friend. Because I believe when we pray, our, our prayers are powerful and effective and something could happen. So I want you to remember this testimony when someone starts unloading on you some problem. Wait a minute, I don't have to be in the room. Let's just pray, right? The presence of Jesus, 517. Now it happened um, on a certain day as he was teaching that there, was, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out and out of every town, Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I know that you guys understand that. Pastor Drew understands that when he, and I'm sure Pastor Tony's is leading worship. There's times where all of a sudden you're like, you are here to heal. Like, we'll stop the service and say, we need to just go after healing because he's present here to heal. You know, that happens on a regular basis, especially in the corporate setting. All of a sudden, his presence is there to heal. 
But it's not, it's also as we go and tell. As I am on my normal day walking, I think just a normal day walking around and all of a sudden I'll sense his presence. And you know what? I bet I've missed it a thousand times. But those times that all of a sudden I catch it and go, oh, you want to do something. I remember I was at Hornbachers. They know Hornbachers. It's our grocery store. And I was walking around. This wasn't that long ago. And um, all of a sudden I felt his presence. I'm like, what do you want to do? You know, like what? You're here now. And I knew someone needed to be healed. And I saw this lady there, one of the workers in a cast. And I'm like, can I pray for you? I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. If you know me, I'm an introvert. It's just like, okay, here we go. And she starts weeping. Yes, pray for me. She goes, I used to, I used to be a Christian and go to church. And, you know, all of a sudden, everyone wants to confess their sins. So I was like, okay, that's awesome. Let's pray. <laughs> and we prayed for her and the pain left. But then she went on, will you pray for this? Like she had some major trauma. And we're sitting in the grocery store, you know, and his presence was there to heal. So I just challenge you in that too. It's not necessarily always in this corporate setting. As you go on your way, as you go on your way. There's the anointing oil as you lay hands on the sick. Um, call the elders of the church to come and pray. And I know you have your elders up here praying. I loved how during worship, they're on the side. Go get prayer. Sometimes we'll go up a hundred times. Ted prayed for his kidneys for seven years until they were healed. And he's in little Beulah, North Dakota. <laughs> And he goes to their healing room and they pray and literally they were healed the next day. He goes in for a test and his creatinine's down. Everything's restored and aligned, which had been, you know, he was borderline diabetic and a bunch of other things were bad going south. And seven years later in Little Beulah, North Dakota, God heals it. But don't quit. Be contending. Go up for that anointing oil. You know, Psalm 103, praise the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. I love that scripture. As evangelicals, we get it so easily how he forgives our sins. But sometimes the second half of the verse is a little harder to swallow. He heals all our diseases. All. You know, his benefits, that's what he died on the cross and rose again for us. He did those things for us. Or Isaiah 53, surely he took his infirmities and sickness and disease and carried our sorrows. We considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought his peace was upon him, and by his wounds we were healed. I love in 1 Peter where it says, by his stripes you've already been healed. <laughs> it's already done. He did it on the cross. The Old Testament is prophesying what's going to happen. The New Testament tells us what it did. It's already done. So tonight, Ted's going to share more on healing. But I wanted us today to just be those people that, if you don't know Jesus, you come and see. You bring people to come and see him. If you know him, you go and tell. It's that simple. So let's just stand up. I would like the um, prayer team to come up because today... If you don't know Christ, this is the come and see moment. Come up here and receive prayer in Romans 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It says on in Romans 10, if you call on the name of the Lord, you're saved. That's that simple. Just call on his name. So if you don't know Christ as your personal savior, please come up and receive prayer today, the come and see. But the go and tell, I want to pray over us that we would be a people that go and tell. Uh, that we would be a people that are, it's just as we go on our way, that's simple. 
It's just normal Christianity like in Acts. I love this church, how it's just normal. Everyone's talking just the way I am. I have this, you have the same language that I do. I just want to encourage you today. He's waiting for us to just step in and take those risks. All right, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this amazing body of believers. I thank you how they love you and they're passionate worshipers of you. Lord, as we studied your word today and we just learned from you, that we would be a people that, that simple as we go on our way, we tell of your goodness, that we disciple us, that we tell people and we disciple them to know you in greater measure. Thank you, Father. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to come forward and just receive from the prayer team today. All were filled. 120 of 120 were filled. You guys, that's the expectancy. When we ask for being baptized in the Holy Spirit, all, that's the standard he raised. So Heavenly Father, for all of us who have been filled and for those who have not, God, we just say baptize us afresh. Lord, today you said you baptized him with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Lord, I ask that you baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That fresh touch from heaven, that signs and wonders following us is normal Christianity. Lord, that thousands coming to know you in Ames, Iowa. You say that it's ready. The fields are ready for harvest here. It's ready. There's ready people ready to be healed and to be set free because you're here. And I ask that we be the people that say, I'm going to go and tell. I'm going to be the ones that are going to go and tell. Lord, I thank you for the nations that come to this city. I thank you for the regional people that come to this city. We have a son from Fargo here, not a a spiritual son (laughs) from Fargo here. I mean, we just thank you that they have a place and a home to be and to love you. But for all of those who don't yet know you, there's 30,000 on the campus. Isn't there 100,000 in the city? In this region, there's even more. Lord, we pray for all to come to know you, that you would use us, each one of us, to be the go and tell as we go on our way. We just shine the love of Jesus. Thank you, Father. This has been the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. For more resources, visit us at lifepoint.cc.